Hello Ramblers, Addy here and welcome to the latest Ramble Mix which comes to you all the way, virtually anyway, from Russia with love as I'm joined by Leonid Slutsky. Now you might remember him from coaching uh, CSKA Moscow through a trophy laden spell from taking Russia to the Euros or that surprise stop off at Hull City and believe you me he still absolutely loves the English game and takes us through all of his glittering career. Anyway he's now the head coach of a rebuilding Rubin Kazan and we have to thank the club and especially their English language Twitter account at FCRK underscore EN check them out for their help with setting this up. In fact you might have already seen the clubs and Leonard's rather eye-catching way of getting into the holiday spirit recently and don't worry we touch on that as well. Leonard's such a great guy and I really enjoyed this. I really hope hope you do too this is ramble meets leonid slutsky but we we want to talk about your career a bit as well as rubin so let's start from the beginning you retired quite young from playing football is it true that it's because of a knee injury that you got falling out of a tree while saving your neighbor's cat yes this is absolutely true what happened Oh, nothing special. I sat at home and my neighbor, quite pretty girl, uh, knocked on my door and asked me, oh, Leonid, please help me because my cat first time outside in our flat and move up on the street, please bring my cat back. And I tried to move forward and of course, fall down because I'm not the best Three jumper, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, I I guess from from that point, when does how? What's the the gap between you realizing that you can't play at the top level to the moment where you realize you're going to become a coach? I didn't have another chance because after injury. I I forgot about my football career and in this time I continued to learn uh, in the special uh, Russian fo- uh, physical culture and sport university and uh, I had only one chance to stay in the football, start or maybe scientist career and I started to do it first, scientist career or second one which is coaching career. Okay, so d- you you... Um, coach FC Moscow, you coach Krylia Sovetov, and then after almost two years at Krylia Sovetov, you um, take the job at uh, uh, Cieska Moscow. Uh, that's in 2009. And they've had quite a difficult season because you're their third coach of the season. What was the environment like when you took the job over from... I think they'd had Zico and Juan de Ramos already that season, hadn't they? So... What what was it like? What was the job that you were tasked with, with doing? Mm, I don't know what's happened with foreign coaches, but traditionally, CSK, foreign coaches is was not successful, to be honest, because we had, uh, uh, like example, with Artur Jorge, which is very famous Portugal coach, 
and I don't know, like for, for example, for Crystal Palace, yes, is not successful foreign coaches, on, only domestic coaches more successful club like Crystal Palace, yes, you understand. And CSK also foreign coaches was not successful and we tried to change something and uh, maybe for Juan de Ramos, it was not big club after Real Madrid, after big clubs in, in his career. And uh, I think CSK tried to little bit change direction for young players, for Russian players, and maybe in which situation Russian coach was better than foreign coach. That's it, I think, which is only which situation. And of course, I was very lucky because we started played very well in Champions League and automatically qualified in the top 16. It was first time for all CSK history. And of course, it was serious achievement for me and for club. And after this type of achievement, it, it was easy to work, continue to work and understand each other football players and me, Ona and me, and of course it was like serious credit for, for the future. So getting to the quarterfinals of the Champions League helped you get support from the board and get your ideas across and get the players you wanted for the future? Mm, yes, of course, because I was very young coach. Uh, some players in CSK where were the same age like me and of course I didn't have a big authority uh, because we have a very big difference, mentality difference. For example, for English players, I know this very well, coach automatically very big boss. If you tell players, okay guys, today we are running 100 kilometers, we say yes boss and start to run. <laughs> yes, Russian players, we, we have a completely different mentality and you need maybe uh, like show your quality, your individual level. And of course, after very big success in Champions League, it was easy for me. I have a good contact with the players and they understood my ideas better because they understood, okay, ideas with coach is working. Yes, and Champions League quarterfinal, which is continue to be the, the biggest results for all Russian clubs for whole history. If we are talking about like Champions League format, which is new format for last 23 or 22 years. When you look back at that spell now and you won seven major trophies, three Russian Premier Leagues, four in the last, uh, three titles in the last four years, you look at the players you coach, the Berezutsky twins, Akinfeyev, Ignashevich, Jaguar, Wagner Love later on, um, Saïd Dumbia, um, Golovin. Do, do you look back and think, was it, was it difficult to appreciate at the time what an amazing moment in your career that was? Or do you appreciate it more as time goes by? Yes, I'm very appreciated. And it was the best time in my career right now uh, because I worked with greatest players and we were very successful because each season we had uh, maybe sixth or seventh 
budget in the Russian leagues and uh, Zenit because he was unbelievable, completely different level. We had uh, buy players for 60 millions like Hulk or Witzel, which is very big transfers. But we we beat almost each season Zenit and another clubs. If you maybe remember, Andre, it was grateful project because Samuel Eto, Busufa, Diara, we bought a lot of players and it was maybe one time Eto, he was the most uh, like uh, the, the biggest money contract in all world football. Bigger than everyone. It's Eto signed the biggest contract with Andre. And we had a very serious competition in Russian League because six or seven clubs were ambition. And yes, we beat and we three times champions. Every season we played in Champions League. Yes, it was very good time, very nice time. But each time, each uh, empire sometimes finish, you know, it, with... Yeah. So, so what do you think gave you the edge over those teams that had more monies, money than, than, than you did? What, what do you think made the difference? Uh, this is a very difficult question uh, because uh, I think the biggest difference between CSK and Zenit in this time, uh, it was because we had a Russian core and Zenit, we had an international core. And my opinion... Uh, you can be successful only if you have a domestic core players. Of course, in the modern football, this is quite difficult. If we are talking about Liverpool or Man City or Chelsea, which is almost impossible to like <laughs> understand how it's possible to use domestic core and only key players, English players in this position. But in Russia, especially... Like 10 years ago, it was possible. And in Zenit, for example, it was the big conflict between foreign players and Russian players because another level of a salary, another level of a mentality. And we had advantage in this situation. And I think Russian core, it was the biggest factor for our successful. And, and another thing that changed about Russian football around then, around the start of your, your spell at, uh, at the club, is between 2011 and 2012, Russia made the shift from a summer league to a winter one to sort of come in line with Europe's other big leagues. And you must have prepared the team pretty well because the first time you won the league was in 2012-2013 when there was a big gap between seasons. I mean, did that help? And how do you feel about... Russia having shifted is is it a good thing that it's moved to the same timetable or roughly the same timetable as other big European leagues? You are asking about difference between right now uh, ten years ago, yes or not? Yes, yes. Oh, because I think a lot of money out of Russian football, and if we are talking about ten years ago, or for example, it's a very very simple example. I think you understand me. Uh, for example, in 2016, uh, Rubin bought uh, one of the best players, PSV, Listien. It was possible. Only four years ago, Rubin, not the best time, the best club in Russia, can bought the best player of PSV. Right now, you know where 
where I play the best player of PSV, which is Bergwijn. Yes, it's a, yeah. yes, it's like Tottenham. Yes, Olazana, Napoli. It's a with a huge difference. If five years ago we can bought one of the best player PSV or AZ, for example, CSK, we bought two of the best player from AZ. Uh, Pontus Wernbum and Rasmus Elm. It was 2013, yes. Right now, maximum level, which is Herenwen or another clubs, average clubs from the Dutch League or Belgium League. Of course, this is completely different of the money. This is, uh, we have a really very big problem with uh, finance fair play because yes. we don't receive a lot of money from the TV, from the supporters. And finally, our league moved down. And in this year, we don't have, we have only one club who qualified in Europe League after group yeah. stage. Yes, that's it. And last season, we had the same results. Only nobody qualified in the top 16 and top 32 Europe League or Champions League. And now this is very big difference between 2020 and 2010. I wanted to talk as well, Leonard, about the, the, the fact that Russia used to have a summer league and, and now it's uh, the, the, the way the league season happens is, is more like other big European leagues. So it's from July to, to, to May. So, for example, at the moment, you're getting ready now as we're speaking to go to training camp with Rubin, your current club. How is it managing such a, a, a long break and on the other hand, how difficult was it for you when you were managing in England or the Netherlands and they don't have a two or three month winter break? To be honest, uh, Andy, for me, this is not difficult because I used to uh, uh, to work in Russian winter break, which is a very long time. But because CSK almost each season qualified uh, in Europe League or Champions League, in CSK, I had also three weeks for preparation because usually Champions League or Europe League started at February and we finished in December, one, one month, which is like vacation, and we had uh, three weeks or maximum four weeks to prepare for the new season Champions League or Europe League. And for me, it was not big difference between what I try to use in Russia and in England or Holland. Only difference, you have a break time in the summertime and we had the break time in the winter time. But because uh, we had a preparation in Spain or Portugal, yes, it was not big difference. Well, you talk about the, the, the break in, in summer. I mean, how has been the start of this Russian Premier League season for you? Because there was barely any space. Obviously, a lot of the, uh, if you look at football all over Europe and all over the world, the calendar has been squeezed a little bit because of the the COVID break. But uh, like Russia had what less than two weeks. I mean, how yes. how do you deal with that? Oh, it was very painful question for me because uh, uh, first 
first problem of course which is very short time be- between finish one season and start another season because you told me it was only two weeks and uh six days we had a vacation after very difficult uh previous championship and another problem for me because rubin previous season we had a squad for 12 lone players and in these two weeks I almost changed whole team in this time. We changed uh, 11 players for and of course it was very difficult to prepare a new team if you have only two weeks break between championships. Uh, yes, and but okay, it was very difficult time and we started not very well. First three games, it was very difficult for us. But after this, we started to play better. But I I was, my opinion, uh, about we we had to stop previous championship and start new, like France or Holland, for example, because yeah. we, we had a, we have a completely different uh, like weather condition yes and we can't play in december january and february and february in russia and of course for me it's a very short distance between two championships it was very painful and very difficult moment if we go back talking of summers if we go back to 2016 when you left uh Cieska, it it was quite an a, I guess an emotional year for you because you'd been doing the the Russia job and the Cieska job at the same time for almost a year. After Euro 2016, you leave the national team job. A few months after that, you leave the club after such a successful spell. I mean, how was that that year for you? That must have been really tough. And it was my decision and uh, when I had a first meeting with uh, Conte, he automatically asked me, Olenit, how is possible to have a together walk in the one of the biggest clubs in Russia and national team? Because he has experience like national team coach and big club coach. Yes, it was a very difficult time and... I understood, I always try to listen my feel, yes, my feeling. And I understood maybe, okay, uh, I was three times Russian champions. I worked in national team, I qualified national team in Euro 2016. Maybe this is the best time to change something in my career. And because nobody from Russian uh, R- Russian coaches Uh, never do it, uh, never move out from the country because uh, we are not popular in Europe. We don't have a, like coaching tradition in Europe. We don't speak English or another language. And I, I thought maybe I want to try. Uh, of course, uh, a lot of people told me you are crazy, how possible to do it, you are working in the best club in Russia, you are right now champion of a Russian league. But I told, no, I want to try. And first six months, I tried to learn English and I learned English in Riversdown School, maybe the best linguistic school in the world. Mr. Lewis, thank you very much for your <laughs> support. Uh, because before I didn't speak English, I, I didn't tell anything. Uh, yes. And after six months, it was 
quite good results. Of course, like my son always told me, Father, you have an unbelievable Russian accent. Yes, I told him, of course, you are learning English in the Cambridge School in Moscow since four years. Yes, and I started to learn English when I was 46 almost. Yes, and this is very big difference between us. And when I finished uh, learn English, not finished, of course, it's when I had a basic knowledge uh, in English, I started to find a job and uh, I had a lot of interviews, believe me, a lot of interviews with sporting directors, owners, general directors clubs, but for each club in England, it was very big risk, give me a job because, okay, Russian coach, Yes, like <laughs> quite a lot of achievements, but in Russian league, nobody knows how it's working in England. And finally, to be honest, I had only one offer from Hull City. To, to us, it seems like quite unusual that you go from winning Russian leagues to taking charge of a, a team in the championship, albeit a team that was recently in the Premier League. Of course, if I had an offer from the Premier League clubs, uh, I I said yes, of course. But if I didn't have, of course, I tried to use my knowledge in another league and Hull City. I am very thankful for a hub for this offer. But maybe it was the most difficult time in my career because uh, at the beginning, of our conversation, uh, a hub told me about, okay, we keep almost all squad, we have a target to promotion immediately after relegation, but finally we lost 25 players and for one month pre-season we changed three teams. And finally, uh, we had a final teams only after five games. Because if you remember, in this season, transfer window was open, not closed before championship like right now. And it was very funny time. We had a pre-season camp in Portugal and every morning some t- somebody knocked in my door. I opened the door and he told me, thank you, coach. I am living right now. (laughs) Every day, somebody, doesn't matter who it was, or Andy Robertson, or Jakupovic, or another players. Yes, it's Sam Glukas. Yes, a lot of players told me. And of course, it was very difficult time for me. Uh, We started to play. Uh, We started pre-season one team, started season second team. And after five games, I had a third team. Uh, yes, and I thought, okay, this is maybe special test for me. Uh, I don't deserve maybe another situation. And uh, of course, I was very disappointed, not the best results. And usually we played very well. First, eight, eight, if, if game uh, finished after 85 minutes, we, we stay in the 
maybe five or seven or six position yes but because a lot of players we didn't have a preseason and physically was not good and we dead after 85 minutes and usually we considered a lot of goals at the at a time it, it was very difficult to change something and of course because we had a lot of players without preseason it was a lot of injuries serious injury like uh, for example Abel Hernandez the best strikers in our team yeah. he broke his Achilles uh, after three games and we lost him on the six months and of course it was very difficult time and I was very nervous about situation I tried to do the best but when I watched uh, Sunderland till I die I understood oh maybe it was not the, the very big <laughs> the, the worst uh, job yes because Sunderland we had the same problem we keep only 10 players, we we kept maybe only three or four players and Sunderland immediately relegated in the League One. It, it was the same season. And and I and, and when I watched uh, Sunderland till I died, I really cried, yes, because it was very good memory and I like England, I like uh, English football and I think maybe championship uh, better when Premier League because with this typical English football and I know a lot of my friends who told me I don't like Premier League yes I like championship because when, when we made uh, like three short pass in a row the supporters automatically started to boo and only after a long ball yes that's you can do it uh, yeah but of course, I didn't have a lot of knowledge about championship. And of course, we had a, a lot of problems with uh, squad. But when, when I start to remember about this time, it was very emotional time. And really, I, I want to come back one time. Not in Premier League, I understand. This is no chance. But championship, it will be great. I mean, how difficult was it to learn on the job as well? I mean, you talked about the turnover of players and I can imagine that you watch the Premier League from Russia now and you look at Maguire, you look at Andrew Robertson, you look at um, Jared Bowen, who you gave a real opportunity to in that team. He started to score goals under you and you think that could have been my team. Oh... <laughs> Coach, really, I don't have a dreams, yes, because dream and reality, which is very big difference, usual. Sure. But I'm very proud, for example, for Jared Bowen, because uh, I gave him a big chance. He didn't play at starting 11 before, and he started to play immediately at starting 11 since uh, preseason matches, and he was the best striker in all preseason time. And uh, I, I keep in contact with him and he's also very thankful for me uh, because he thinks I gave him a very big chance to start very big career. And right now I'm one of the biggest supporters of West Ham <laughs> United because Jared Bowen, he, his performance fantastic. And maybe this is one of the most positive moments in my job in, in England because I gave a big chance to start a career Jared Bowen, for example. Of course, Andy Robertson or other players 
with Andy, I worked only 10 days. And Thursday, he informed me, okay, coach, everything is good, but 100% I will leave. So I guess the other really positive thing about your time at Hull is the way the people responded to you. You seem to have a real connection with the people of the city. And like now when we see Marcelo Bielsa doing so well just down the road from Hull at Leeds, one of the things that the Leeds supporters love so much about Bielsa is not just the style of football, it's the way that he connects with them. It's the way that he speaks to them when he's when he's out in the street and you know they they feel a, a closeness to him and you seem to have a similar relationship with the people of Hull yes this is true for me it was very big surprise I remember uh, one day we lost uh, against Bristol City at home we won like usual we won after 80 minutes to nil but finally we we lose 3-2 and next day I met one guy in the street and he told me oh thank you very much and for me it was big surprise because in csk if we lost one game everyone hate me yes in the street everywhere and i thought right. why you tell me thank you because we we lost yesterday it was very pain, painful defeat for me for example he told me doesn't matter results uh, i received a lot of positive emotions and I remember you give me this type of emotions. And for me, it was maybe like first time in my life when people talking not only about results, not only about win and about emotions, about the feeling of a process. And I had a really very good relationship with supporters. I was in the uh, typical uh, like... Uh, Hall Market, I used all restaurants, street. And last day, after when I go out from the hall, I move on the like uh, walking street in hall. And everyone who sat inside of a cafe and everywhere, you know, like, which is like long window. Yes, it's everyone who saw me, it's move out and give me like small presents like card or something else and wow. yes and i was crying yes this is not easy for me <laughs> and it was fantastic and i felt each minute each second fantastic support and i had a very good relationship with supporters we continue to send me a lot of message in instagram everywhere yes it's uh, and how City really incite me. Maybe it was not the best situation for club, but people, supporters, players, we have a... I, I keep in touch with some players, like, uh, for example, not only Jared Bowen, Maxi Clark, and uh, uh, Dawson, for example, and... Yeah. Uh, uh, so, okay, some foreign players also I keep in touch uh, with Seb Larson or David Mailer, for example. I don't know if he's foreign or not because I Irish players. Yes, and really we have a very good uh, relationship right now. You know, when, when we um, agreed to have this chat, I, it made me think immediately of um, my experience in the, the 2018 World Cup in, 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 in Russia. Uh, because um, before that, there was a lot of, I guess, nervousness is the, is, is the word. 
um, in the UK, a, a lot of people were were talking about um, perhaps it was dangerous to to go to Russia. People were concerned about security and how they'd be welcomed and many other ways. Personally, I had a fantastic experience in in, in Russia. I, I really enjoyed it um, in Moscow and in in all the other places that that we're at. We we spent quite a bit of time in Sochi as well. Um, what sort of experience was it for you as a Russian getting to show such a, a positive face of, of, of Russia to the world? Uh, I was sure about it was uh, the best World Cup in the world because we made the best Summer Olympic Games in 1918 Moscow. We had the best uh, Winter Olympic Games 2014 in Sochi and now we we have the best World Cup. For me, this is quite easy when a lot of people in England ask me, oh, I'm really very nervous, maybe this is dangerous. I told, this is the most safety place in the world. Right now, uh, during for the World Cup. This is very easy because our mentality, Russian mentality, uh, I, I tell you a very simple example. Uh, for example, if you go to your friends yes it's a, like for the dinner in his house maybe we don't buy the the best products in the world we don't put it i don't know the black caviar on the table yes it's a, maybe like a little bit greedy in this situation not all the best for your friends yes in russia if you tell somebody, okay, I will go, or somebody invite you to, to his house. Way, I don't know, way, maybe, uh, like, way, try to buy everything. It, it will be on the table, black caviar, everything. Yes, it's a, a way you can sit only on one t-shirt, stay, but try to show you what the best we have. This is our mentality. And uh, of course, if we are talking about a lot of foreign players, World Cup, and uh, how possible to show our the best face, this is our skill, believe me. This is our skill. We maybe don't like each other too much. This is problem for us, yes, yes, to be honest. But if we are talking about guest, about especially foreign guests, okay, believe me, everyone give you all the best what he has. And as, as well, if we're talking about your current club, Rubin, who have such an incredible, relatively new stadium as well, some of the yes. best matches of the World Cup were in, were in Kazan, weren't they? Uh, which is obviously a, a beautiful city, but you had France, Argentina... Brazil, Belgium, which were incredible games. I mean, do people in the city still talk about those games now? Mm, to be honest, no. Because uh, for Russian people, uh, World Cup, yes, this is very big uh, historical day, not date, time. And But after this, um, of course, we don't have a long time memory about this. First season after World Cup, uh, we had an effect after World Cup. All stadium right. continued to be full. Yes, and first season, it was fantastic effect of the World Cup. But right now, because second season and your memory is not too long, usual, 
And right now, not a lot of people talking about World Cup and in Kazan is special because Kazan, which is not football city, which is more ice hockey city. In Russia, we have a difference. Yes, we are talking about, oh, this is football city or this is ice hockey city. Yes, usual two kinds of sports. Yes, ice hockey or football. And of course, in Kazan, uh, ice hockey more popular than football. And I, I suppose as well, the, the glory years that we think of for Rubin when they won the title in 2008, 2009, we remember them going and getting good results at Barcelona, for example. Mm-hmm. That's, that's quite a long time ago now. I mean, is there any hope that you'll be able to edge towards those sort of achievements again? Or does, does that feel a very long way away? We tried to do it, but to be honest, this is very difficult because when Rubin was champion in Russian league, we had a transfers like Carlos Eduardo for 20 million euro. And of course, it was completely different budget uh, and another sponsors of the clubs. Right now, because last season, we were very close to relegate from the Russian league and we had... Uh, because in the good time we we made a lot of uh, like uh, ban from UEFA and uh, we stop our financial fair play and we paid all old contracts and finally we didn't have a possibility to take some players in the team and last season it was target stay in the league and. St- stabilize it's our financial level right now we are pretended to be in the like middle of a of a table also serious target for us because we don't have a lot of transfer and we have a budget for example in four times less when zenith or csk or spartak moscow but yeah. in the future because we have a very ambition government in in Tatarstan in in Kazan and uh, for because in Russia uh, we we don't have a lot of uh, honor in the club usual with is or government or like uh, very big company but this is also country company like Lukoil or Taif it's like oil company another company and uh, Tatarstan government it's a very ambition and of course we dream to come back this time when we had 12 years ago but of course this is because we tried to do it and finally it was uh, unbelievable and successful time and we spent a lot of money and not success right now maybe more slowly process but finally maybe in one or two season, I think we will pretend it on the top level in Russia. And I, I suppose one of the very positive things about the Russian Premier League this season has been that unlike a lot of European leagues, so La Liga, for example, hasn't had any fans in since last spring, you have been able to have fans in. That was something we really noticed in the Champions League with supporters in the stadiums at Zenit and Krasnodar. Um I mean, speaking to your colleagues, you obviously have a huge network of former players and other coaches and colleagues across Europe. What have your coaching colleagues and players who you know from the past, 
how have they found it to play in empty stadiums and has it made you appreciate how important the fans are? Yes, this is a very big difference because we also played some uh, games without supporters, some games. Wow. And of course, this is a very big difference if you have, for example, 10% of full stadium or zero. Uh, sometimes we, we had uh, in each region, we, we have like local rules about how many supporters possible to go. It's a, yeah. uh, I think maximum it was 50%, minimum it was 10%. Uh, in Kazan, at the beginning, we had a 25%. Finally, we had a 50%. Uh, of course, this is very big difference. And a lot of my foreign uh, friends called me and told me, oh, right now we are watching Russian League. I never think about Russian League. It's a quite good. I told him, no, 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 no. This is, <laughs> this is effect of a stadium. Because right now, when you are watching English Premier League or La Liga or Bundesliga, of course, this is completely different feeling because without supporters, this is another, another type of sport. And if you watch a football with the supporters, this is also completely different feeling. And uh, yes, I think it was serious advantage for us and for coach for coaches and for players this is very big difference if you have a supporters at the stand or you don't have supporters at the stand and finally before we let you go Leonard you, you did find a way and Rubin did find a way to connect with supporters over Christmas by your Christmas song of course tell us how that came about Oh, to, to be honest, this is not my achievement. This is our media department achievement. They told me, Leonid, we have idea. Maybe you try to sing a song, Marion Carey, Christmas song. First, my reaction, I told you are crazy. I never <laughs> sing a song officially. But maybe you tried. We tried to do some It's like very funny clips. Okay, I told you. Okay, I can try. And finally, you watch it. I, I, I am not sure this is very good, but I think this is the, the, this is the biggest feeling and this is very unrare yes, for a football coach or football maybe society with type of clips. That's it. Look, thanks so much for your time, Leonid. I really appreciate it. Okay, Andy, thank you very much. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.